0: Welcome to Stand Out Get Noticed, the podcast that helps you speak and present with rockstar confidence. I'm Christina Canters, your host and founder of The C-Method, communication skills training. For free resources and to subscribe to the show, visit thecmethod.com. Hi there, rockstar, and welcome to episode 149 of Stand Out Get Noticed. Christina with you here. Can you believe that we are nearly at 150 episodes? so good i i'm so excited did you know that last month actually we hit over 36,000 downloads in a single month 36,000 downloads so awesome and like that's a record that's a record for the month and look i say we because the success of this podcast is not just due to me. It's due to my guests. It's due to my mentors and to my coach. It's due to my assistants who I use occasionally for help. And of course, it's because of you, dear listener, for sharing, listening, leaving reviews, sending me feedback. It's because of you. Oh, now I feel like breaking into a Kelly Clarkson song because of you, I've never had so many podcast downloads. Okay, enough of that, but you get the point. You guys rock. Okay, today's episode is all about how to embrace the unknown and to be spontaneous. And in the business context, in the work context, this could be in regards to a presentation, a meeting, or an event you're running and so on. But you know what? It also applies to all of life, really, because life is unpredictable and unexpected things happen all the time. But we will be focusing on the work context for this podcast. Show notes for this episode will be at thecmethod.com slash spontaneous. Now, I was inspired to do this episode after my last Toastmasters club meeting I attended. Now, if you haven't heard of Toastmasters, it's an organization that helps people to improve their public speaking, communication, and leadership skills. It's made up of thousands of clubs all over the world. They meet regularly, and you go along, and you practice your speaking. And I'm very proud to be the president of my Toastmasters Club here in Melbourne. In fact, you're welcome to come and visit one of our meetings if you want. Um, Go to thecmethod.com slash events. Um, I've got details there, how you can go register um, to come along to any of those Toastmasters meetings. Also, if you want to hear my podcasts about Toastmasters, including a behind-the-scenes sneak peek of what goes on inside a meeting, you can go to the show notes, thecmethod.com slash spontaneous, I'll link them up there, or you can just Google Christina Cantor's Toastmasters and there'll be a bunch of things that come up. Okay, so here's what happened at the last meeting. It's Monday at 5pm, I have prepared a five-minute speech to present at the meeting I get in my car at 5.30. The meeting starts at 6 p.m., right? And it usually takes me 20 minutes to drive there. So I get in my car at 5.30. I get about halfway there and the traffic ju- the traffic just stops, completely stops. It's banked all the way up. And I figure there must have been an accident or an event happening nearby and there's just lots of cars in the area. But I just can't go through. And I'm sitting there and I'm sitting there and I'm sitting there. It takes me about 50 minutes to get to, to get to the meeting. So I rush into the club at, I rush into the meeting at 6.25 PM. So this is a good 25 minutes late. And normally I'm, I'm 10 minutes early, right? I'm super organized usually. And so I go in and I'm surprised to see six people in the room. Three of them are visitors, which means that only four of the people. So including myself are members now, every Toastmasters club is different, but usually we we get about 15 to 20 people attending every meeting, 15 to 20, and we have many different roles. And if we don't have enough people in the meeting, it can get difficult to, to run a full meeting because you don't have enough people to fulfill each role. Now, life happens, of course, and we can't predict how many people are going to come to each meeting. And this this particular meeting, it just so happened that quite a few of the members couldn't attend. So this was an, an anomaly. Normally we get a lot more people than that attending. Anyway, I walk in, I'm running in late, I'm already a little bit stressed, and one of the other club leaders is standing at the front of the room, and he's standing there, and he's explaining to the other five people in the room what Toastmasters is all about, which is not really part of our regular agenda. Normally, we have prepared speeches. So So it's a bit weird. So I walk in. And he looks at me and he looks really relieved when I walk in and he stops what he's doing and he says, hi, Christina, welcome. This is Christina, everyone, our president, you know. Um, and he says to me, we have no prepared speakers tonight. And I, he said, I hope you've prepared something. And I said, yes, look, I have prepared something. Um, but what normally happens is we have four or five people who come in with prepared speeches and that forms the bulk of the first part of the meeting and then we evaluate them and everything. So if you don't have prepared speakers, it, it makes it very difficult to run a full meeting because so much of it is based around that that part of the, you know, around delivering those speeches. So he looks at me and he says, and he gives me this look as if to say, what do we do? And I look around the room, we've got three people who are visitors. They've never been to a Toastmasters meeting before. They have no idea what's meant to be going on. And the other three members are all standing there looking at me, waiting for me to make a decision as to what we would do next. Now, in this situation, I want you to put yourself into my shoes. What would you have done? Now, in life, we like things to be predictable. It's one of our fundamental human needs to have certainty in our lives. And this is why we tend to order the same thing every time we go out. This is why we may stay in the same job even if it drives us nuts. It brings us certain—it's certainty. We, we know what's going to happen. It's why we drive the same way to work every day. It's why we book our flights in advance. It's, we love b- being able to control the environment around us or, so it seems that we're able to control it. It's it's our way of wrangling this crazy wild horse known as life into something that we can take control of, that we can rein in. It, it helps us to feel safe and gives us some comfort if we're able to control our environment. So I want you to take a moment to think about what you do in your life to give yourself a sense of control. So that, you know, you can predict what's going to happen. Is it the food you eat, how you dress, your morning routine, in the way you manage your team, in the copious number of emails you might send, or the way you plan your day? You know, your calendar is a perfect example of this. You know, I I say that, I mean, I believe that that if something's not on my calendar, then it basically doesn't exist because I'm not going to remember it. So I love having that sense of control over my life by putting everything into my calendar. Can you imagine if events just randomly popped up and you had no control over, you had no idea what was going to happen next? It would be overwhelming and stressful. We naturally don't like things that are unexpected to happen, but the thing is life is inherently unpredictable. We can't predict, for example, how an audience will respond to our presentation or speech. Or, and we can't predict if our clients might last minute cancel a meeting. We can't predict what questions our job interviewers will ask us. We can't predict if our blender explodes and our smoothie floods all over the kitchen bench, which is exactly what happened to me this morning. Right? We can't predict life. And many people really struggle to deal with the unexpected, with, with the things that they can't control and oftentimes people will go into fight-or-flight mode. You know, they panic or they let their emotions rise up into anger or frustration, and then they let it out on others. Or they freeze and do nothing, which ultimately doesn't help the situation. So this is why it's so important to be able to deal with the unexpected and to be spontaneous. If you can learn to be spontaneous, you will feel more confident going into different situations because you know that you're equipped to deal with anything that could come up. And it will. It will come up. Anything could come up. You know, I was speaking with a potential client the other day who said that she wanted coaching from me before she started her new job so that she could avoid challenges and conflicts in the workplace completely. She was hoping to have complete control over her work environment. And my response to her was, Yes, yes, I can help you to avoid some challenges. However, you're not going to be able to avoid challenges completely because there will always be unpredictable things that just come up. You know, so it's not about avoiding the unexpected. It's about understanding that despite our best efforts, they will come up and it's more about your ability to embrace them and work with them, not against them, okay? um, Something that comes to mind is how in in Australia, you know, we have many beaches, a lot of beaches, and one of the dangers of swimming at a surf beach is getting caught in a rip, which is a strip of fast-flowing current, and if you get caught in this rip, it drags you out to sea. And when you're caught in a rip, your instinct is to panic and to swim against it to get back to shore. But that doesn't work. And what we're taught when we, when we do swimming lessons and when we're, when we're at school, we're taught that if you're caught in a rip and you notice that you're being dragged out to sea, to not panic and to gently start swimming sideways. So you're swimming parallel to the, the shoreline and eventually you'll swim out of the rip and then you can swim back into shore. Now it's similar to dealing with unexpected things. If you can stay calm, and work with it, you'll be in a much better position than if you try to push against it. Other benefits of being spontaneous are, well, you'll have less stress really and you'll spend less time worrying about, well, what if this happens and what if this happens? You'll be able, You'll have more time to focus on the stuff that you can control. And then this will lead to you having more confidence at work because you'll know that you can just go into any situation and you'll be fine with whatever happens. You'll also gain the respect of your, of your colleagues and your stakeholders. You know, if people are looking to you and you can be assertive and make a decision and say, okay, so this crazy thing's come up, but okay, this is what I suggest that we do. And if you can um, take the lead in that situation and not get flustered, man, people will respect you so much for that. And another thing, being spontaneous, being spontaneous forces you to think creatively. Okay so the usual solution isn't going to work you're going to have to do something different and this may open up some new ideas you may stumble upon some new things that you wouldn't have otherwise so that's another really uh, another benefit of being spontaneous Okay so I'd like to share with you now four big ideas for you on on what you can do to be better at at being spontaneous and and how you can bring more spontaneity into the the workplace. Okay. I'm going to share with you four big ideas and I'm also going to share with you three things that I learned from an an improv class. That's an improvisation class that I did um, recently, which was quite fun and has a lot of life lessons in it as well. Okay. So firstly, number one, don't freak out. That's my number one tip for you. When something unexpected happens, don't freak out. Freaking out won't help anyone. Take a deep breath, pause, take your time, and make sure that you fully understand the situation, okay? Accept that it has happened. So remember, we're not trying to push against it, we're not going to go into denial and be like, no, no, this isn't happening. Accept that this is happening. And if your mind starts to panic, remember that your mind is just searching for control. You know, it's trying to control everything, make everything okay. It's trying to keep you safe from every, anything remotely scary. Okay. So just tell yourself, it's okay. Take a deep breath. We don't need to panic. We can figure this out. So that's the first thing. The second thing to do is to look for the opportunity. So going back to my Toastmasters story, in When I went in there and I realized we don't have any prepared speeches and we clearly can't run a full agenda meeting with seven people, so I thought to myself, okay, what opportunity exists here? Yes, seven people is a small number, but what can we do with seven people? So when something unexpected comes up, see it as an opportunity to do something different. Is this a learning opportunity? For example, maybe your train is delayed. Instead of getting really angry and annoyed about it, maybe you can use this extra time to listen to that podcast that you've been meaning to to check out. Or maybe just put on your sunglasses and do some meditation. You know, sunglasses, no one can see you with your eyes closed. Do that. Use this as an opportunity to do something else with that extra time. So, So when you see something as an opportunity and you go and do something different, you're actually stretching yourself. Okay, you're you're demonstrating leadership. You're mixing it up, and you're actually making things more interesting. So find the opportunity. I've I've had the the wrong slide show up in a presentation before, where I've I've gone to click next and it jumped to the end or something completely that did did not happen in rehearsal, and I saw it as an opportunity to make a joke about it. So and I was able to get a laugh from the audience, which then enabled me to connect with them and. You know, just be a bit more human and authentic. So there was an opportunity to connect with the audience. So look for the opportunity, okay? And this leads me on to the next point. Number three, change your focus. Now, Tony Robbins likes to say focus on what you have, not on what you don't have. Focus on what you want, not on what you don't want. Focus on what you can control, not on what you can't control. And if you can do these things, it's going to help you to get you closer to what you want to achieve. Now, when things go wrong, when the, when the bad stuff hits the fan, it's easy to focus on what hasn't happened. This person didn't show up. My PowerPoint isn't working. Or, say, or saying to yourself, don't mess up, don't mess up. Oh my God, don't mess up. Now, that's focusing on, on what you don't have or what you don't want. Okay. And this isn't the best way to be. It's not going to help you find the opportunity or turn it into a positive. So the example for me in my Toastmasters meeting was instead of focusing on the people who weren't there, instead of focusing on, oh, we only have seven people. Oh, look at all the people who didn't show up. Look what we can't do. I changed my focus to what we did have, which was seven people. And this presented a new opportunity. And I said to everyone, I said, Hey everyone. So we do have a small group this week, but I think this is a great opportunity for all of us. It's great that we have an intimate group here because it means that we are all going to get a lot more speaking experience than if we have a large group. And the fact that we do have a small group means that we can mix up the agenda a little bit. We don't have to stick to one thing and we can do something that's going to benefit everyone in the group. How does that sound? And everyone nodded and was like, yeah, sure. That sounds good to me. Now, I couldn't control how many people came to the meeting, but I could control what we did at the meeting. And what we ended up doing was I said to them, okay, so here's what we're going to do we're going to, how about we each pick a topic that we're really passionate about, something that we can't stop talking about. And then we're going to get up, each, each of us are going to get up and for two minutes, we're going to speak about that thing. And I'm going to show you a really simple speech structure that, that you can use that's going to help you um, deliver that speech. So I shared with them, you know, a simple speech structure. So I gave them a bit of an education, um, an educational segment, and then they were able to take that learning and then apply it, and then get up and present on a topic that they really enjoyed. And of course, the group was really supportive. And at the end of the meeting, the guests left feeling like they really had had a great experience because they'd had lots of attention, they'd had lots of practice, they'd been able to get up and speak. They had people evaluating them, they felt part of the group, they felt connected and overall a really positive experience for them and it could have even been a better experience for them than if it was in a a regular meeting. Who knows? I I don't know. But we still achieved what we would have hoped for everyone in that group which brings me to my next point which is around, you know, finding, finding out what the common goal is and still working towards that. Yes, the, yes, things may not have gone to plan, but if you come back to the common goal and you ask yourself, okay, even though this has happened, even though this unexpected thing has happened, how else can we achieve our common goal here? What is it that we're looking to achieve anyway? Is there another way that we can, that we can figure this out? Okay. Instead of freaking out about having to do things in a certain way, thinking, okay, well, what is it, you know, going back to that common goal? Okay, so with Toastmasters, it was the goal was for everyone who comes to improve their public speaking skills, right? And I believe that that's what we managed to do, even though it wasn't in the usual way. Okay, um, my next point, okay, I'm up to point four, so the fourth thing you can do is to facilitate feedback from others. Now, when things go wrong or you know unexpected things come up, and it's up to you to make the decision. You don't want to come across as a dictator, although it does depend on the situation. If it's an emergency and there's a fire in the room, you're gonna to have to stand up and go, "All right, everybody out, get out now. No, no questions, get out." But in most situations, if it's not an emergency, if you step up and you start saying, "Okay, guys, this is what we're gonna go do. You do this, you do this, you do this, and this is what gonna ha- what this is what's gonna happen." it might come across as being a little bit too direct, a little bit too much like like you're taking too much control. But there's nothing wrong with saying, okay, guys, so here's what the situation is. Here's some options that I'm thinking of. How about this, this, this? These are what we could do. What do you think? Does that sound reasonable? Shall we take a vote? And then facilitate that feedback from every, from, from the others, okay? a great leader being a great leader is not just about making the decisions it's also about letting other people on your team to contribute and to come to a decision together okay now i do have 3 things that i've learned from an improvisation class which i recommend that you go do actually just google improv classes in your city and i'm sure there will be something that comes up if you're in if you live in a major city and the, most of them will do a trial class for free. So you can go along and, and check it out, see what it's all about. And it's, it's less about acting and it's more about, well, as I'm about to share with you, sort of being in the moment and going along with whatever's happening. So you don't have to be an actor or a good actor. It's not acting school um, if you go along to it. So I do recommend you check it out. And something that I learned from them was okay, so I've got three things. Number one, don't second guess yourself. Go all in. So when I was doing this improv class, you had to sort of take on the role of a character immediately, like think of something really quickly. And you had to just dive in and commit to that character. You couldn't half do a character. So similarly, if you're in a situation where you need to take the lead and make a decision, or if you're facilitating that decision uh, with your team, don't just half-ass it. Don't go, oh, maybe we could do this, maybe we could do that. This isn't the time to be faffing about. You need to go all in and say, okay, guys, I'm this is just what it is. So try not to freak out about or, or overanalyze, you know, is this the right decision? I'm not sure if this is, you know, what's gonna be the right one. Just make, just make a decision. Okay. Or we'll, we'll make a decision as to what those options are going to be. The second thing I learned from the improv class was. To say yes and, which is all about embracing other people's um, opinions and and inputs and and not resisting it. So there's one game in improv where um, someone starts talking to you as if you're a certain character, and what you have to do is you have to say yes and. So if someone comes up to you in the in this game, if someone comes up to you and says. Um, Hi, I'm a cucumber and I love that you're a carrot and you've got beautiful orange skin, okay? You, whatever it may be. It could be just silly and ridiculous. But you have to say, yes, and I just got my green tufts on my head uh, trimmed yesterday or whatever, I don't know. Um, you can't say, I'm not a carrot. Why? You're stupid. Why are you calling me a carrot? I'm not a carrot. You, you're not meant to do that. You have to say, yes, and this, and you go along with it. So you're not shutting the other person down. And the way this could relate to being spontaneous in the workplace is, for example, if someone asks you a question during Q&A, you know, you've given a presentation, someone asks you a question, it may, maybe you don't know the answer or you feel like you might get a bit defensive and you sort of want to push back against them. You know, maybe you're feeling a little bit of fear there. This is an unexpected question. You're not sure how to answer it. If you can try to go along with it and say, yes, and even if that person has tried to challenge you, always like try to go along with it, try and agree with them instead of pushing back. So someone might say something that you don't quite agree with, but you can say, yes, that is a great point. Thank you for sharing. Okay, so you've given them, you've reinforced them, you've helped them to feel good about themselves for speaking up, even if you may not agree with it. But, you can, but you're not starting off with, well, I don't think that that is or, or whatever. Or no, I would, I would disagree with that. You're pushing against them. If you always, even if you don't agree with them, but go along with it. So you embrace it. You're embracing it. You're not resisting it. So that's a really important thing that you can practice doing. Because for a lot of us, our initial response to everything is no but. No, but this, no, but that, have you, but have you thought about this? Mm, I'm not sure about that. Mm, how about no? But instead, if you try to embrace the yes and approach, who knows, you'll, you'll be able to see what difference it makes to uh, how, how your team responds to you or um, the impact that you are able to make. So always think yes and. And then finally, number three is to communicate clearly what you're doing. When things don't go to plan, when unexpected things come up, there's always going to be a bit of confusion. People aren't going to know what's going on and it's up to you to communicate what you've decided. So you can say to everyone, for example, in the Toastmasters meeting, I said to everyone, hey everyone, so this is what's happened. Normally, this is how a meeting would run. But today, because of this situation, this is what we're going to do. Is everyone okay with that? So I made it really clear what was going on. Um, in the improv classes, there's there's a game that they play where I don't know if they call it this, but it was based around who, what, where. So you had to walk up to someone and you had to talk to them, and they had to understand exactly who they were, where they were, uh, what, and what character you were, and the relationship to you. For example. Um, I think I went up to to someone randomly and I said, oh, my God, I can't believe it's you, Taylor Swift, here at McDonald's. Um, I never thought I would see you there. I'm your biggest fan. So in that moment, the other person knew that they were playing the role of Taylor Swift, they knew that we were in McDonald's and they knew that I was a fan of theirs. Okay, so that that communication had to be really clear and really strong to enable the other person to be able to play along and go, oh, thank you so much. Well, I love meeting my fans here. Do you want me to autograph something? You know, so it just made it easier for us to then um, role play and improv the rest of that scene. So yeah, strong communication, really, really important. Now, after all that, I do want to reiterate that yeah, do an improv class or a course if you want to get better at spontaneity. Otherwise, practice those things. Practice saying yes, and practice embracing situations. Um, look for the opportunity in these unexpected situations that come up. Change your focus. You know, focus on what you what you do have instead of focusing on the negatives or what you don't have. It's all. These are all really good things to start thinking about and implementing because if you can do that it will make your life easier um if you are able to deal with with spontaneity okay and that brings us to the end of this episode i do hope that you've uh, found it valuable that you've had you've taken away some key things that you can go away and implement now if you did enjoy this episode if you did find it valuable i would really appreciate it if you could share this episode with a friend or a colleague or a family member or someone who you think would benefit from it, I would really appreciate it. You know, that's how the, I, this podcast gets um, distributed and, and shared and, and listened to by more people through through you guys sharing it with your networks as well. So thank you if you have been sharing it and I would appreciate it if you if you could do it. That would be amazing. Now a recap of this episode will be at thecmethod.com slash spontaneous. That's thecmethod.com slash Spontaneous. I will put links in there to other podcasts that I've done around Toastmasters and around, I did one around answering Q&A effectively. So I'll pop that in there as well. So if you are interested in those other resources, do go check that out. And that is all from me this week. Thank you so much for tuning in and for spending some time with me today. Keep on being awesome and I will talk to you next week. My name's Christina Canters and this has been Stand Out, Get Noticed.